Hey guys, welcome back to Pointless, the podcast where we talk about some pointless things that are actually pretty practical. Before I dive into today's intro, I wanted to let you know that both Pointless and Shopo are giving you the chance to win a $100 Shopo voucher. All you need to do to be in the running to win is leave a five-star review over on iTunes, take a screenshot of your review and share it to your Instagram story and tag Pointless Podcast and you could be a lucky winner. Today, I'm very excited because I'm interviewing none other than party animal and powerhouse herself, Jane Liu. Jane founded Shopo back in 2010 from her parents' garage after resigning from her nine-to-five rat race job as an accountant. Now, Jane is running the global fashion empire with her team of over 150 employees whilst doing over $100 million in revenue annually. What started off as a laptop and two shelves of clothing is now an online global fashion empire shipping to over 80 countries. Aside from holding the award of the most social CEO, Jane has a string of awards that one could only dream of, including Cosmopolitan's Entrepreneur of the Year. She was listed on the Financial Review's Rich List. She's a Forbes 30 Under 30 on Online Retailer of the Year, Clio Magazine's 30 Under 30, plus so many more. Jane truly is incredible and a massive inspiration to hundreds of thousands of female business owners from all over the world. On today's episode, Jane and I talk about how Shopo started on the back end of a failed business, how Jane started one of the biggest online fashion empires not knowing anything about fashion, how Jane got away from keeping Shopo a secret from her parents, what a day looks like at Shopo HQ, and what Shopo's daily revenue looks like. We also play the pointless game where Jane answers some juicy questions, plus we honestly talk about so much more. Guys, this one is a goodie, so buckle in and enjoy this episode. So without any further ado, here is Jane. Hi, Jane. Welcome to the show. Hey, Mia. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited for today's chat. I have been excited for weeks, actually. Oh, There's so, so nice. much I want to learn and oh understand. And You've set the benchmark high now. I have, but it's, I don't know. When I decided to start this podcast, you were like at the top of my oh, list. Thank you. Because I just want to learn how the fuck you do it all and still have such a good social life. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I, I want mean, to rewind yeah. to 2010. That was when Shopo was started. first started. Mm-hmm. How did it look like? What did business look like? for you back then um well so I started Shopo on the back of a, another business that failed um and I was and I quit my job for that first business so it meant that when I started Shopo I was unemployed I was in debt um from my business failing and I was literally at the rock bottom of my life and the only reason I kind of started Shopo was because because I quit my job and it was in the middle of the global financial crisis. So I couldn't just get another job. So I was like, oh, I guess I'll just start another business. And the only reason that it was in fashion retail was because the first business was in fashion retail. And the only reason that was fashion retail is because that was my ex-business partner's idea. So why am I saying this? It's because, you know, you kind of don't know what, what path you might lead into. I kind of just started and it kind of like led me to where I am now um but anyway and so all of a sudden I was like god I'm I've started an online fashion store and I don't know anything about retail I don't know anything about fashion um but let's just give it a crack so and there was like you know at the time 
I didn't feel there wasn't you know I felt like there were like role models and books but in the form of like a Richard Branson so it's kind of like just a bit you didn't really have anyone to look up to yeah so you kind of like had to just kind of figure it out yourself Mm. and um you know and it took me time to kind of really find like I started to do business go to business networking things and that really helped but at the start you just felt I felt so lost Mm -hmm. and I think what was really hard was also you know it took a while for the business to take off and then at that time you're seeing like it was when people were graduating out of uni they were getting jobs people were buying houses going on luxe holidays and you're like what the hell am I doing with my life um just you know I was just like feeling really sorry for myself I guess yeah um but what was online retail like back in 2010 it's so it's so weird because at the time I thought it was already like quite mature a mature market but it was literally you had your ASOS this is before the iconic they're just they're honestly with hindsight there wasn't that much but it felt like you know were people shopping online in 2010 and that's the thing they were they were and they weren't like so there was definitely it was there was enough because the pie wasn't big, but there weren't that many people trying to take a piece of the pie. So in that respect, it was good. Um, but I remember my ex with my first business, the one that failed, we ran these pop-up stores. My ex-business partner and I, so basically her, the way that she wanted to pivot the business, uh, like to grow the business is she wanted the pop-up to be a practice for eventually open opening like full like proper bricks and mortar stores whereas I was like well why don't we make this an online business because then you can kind of you can scale it you know know, at the time I didn't we didn't realize it was scale it was what scaling was or what pivoting was but it's you know to to that effect and she literally said to me and I actually because she went on holidays for a month I spent that month building the website and so I was so excited and so eager to show her the website when she came back and she basically wanted she was like no you know what I'm over it I'm done I want to fold the business and then yeah and then she said no one shops online and refused wow. to look at the website are you still friends with her oh we're, we're on good times yeah we are like we just don't we she don't must really, really like, regret her she must be that you know that meme you see like that guy that sold his shares in Facebook for like 10 million a uh, ten thousand dollars and they're now worth like yeah a billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I mean and that's the thing it's like it's hard because you know it's was kind of on me then that I didn't have the confidence when she said she didn't want to do it anymore I didn't have the confidence to get into a business by myself so when she said she's done we folded the business um and then when she told me that you know kind of blame me for the business failing which honestly like that's what everyone probably does like you blame everyone blames each like each other right yeah um you know and I really like lost a lot of confidence then but I guess that's business that's business yeah so you started from your parents garage started from well, it's initially, such an Amazon. You know the comparison, the Amazon in the garage with the yeah. sign to the Amazon. How does that? How so did that I all actually go? didn't start it, it, the first proper like office warehouse setup. I guess was my parents' garage, but even before then, I was pretending to go to work every day because I didn't tell my parents I quit my job at EY. So every day I would get up and put on my suit. Um, have breakfast with my parents and I, I'm an only child so it's hard to sneak things past them oh unless I mean they they are obviously very gullible when you hear the story but I would like get up and have breakfast with them my mom worked in the city so I would have to get the bus into the city with her wow in my suit of like a full-on not like a cute chopo suit like a proper suit corporate, corporate suit and um yeah so and then so I couldn't even go off to the park or a cafe I'd have to 
go into the city. And then, so when I started Shopa, I had a business partner. So I worked out of, she already had a successful fashion business, but she wanted to get into retail and especially online retail. So she did have an office we kind of worked out of, um, but it wasn't, but when I kind of like, when I bought her out and I ran the business by myself, it was all in my parents' garage. It was so bad because there was um, like, there was no risk. There was internet reception, but not phone reception. And back then there was a lot more, I think people were still relying on phones a lot. So I was jumping out. I had to run upstairs for every phone call. I, um, I remember when we had a really good day in terms of orders. By this point, my mom was helping me from time to time. She would. So you told her, how did you tell them? Well, no, I didn't tell her. I told her I was on extended leave from work. <laughs> Um, cause, because they, I actually had already received an extended six months from work, unpaid leave to go on exchange. So it seemed really believable. So when I, how old I, were you? I was 20, I would have been 24. Yeah. And then, so I told, so she would take, she would chuck a sticky up from work and then help me write thank you notes. Cause we were handwriting every thank you note that went in every parcel. And then I remember at the end of the day, I realized I looked over what she was doing and she was writing it in broken English and like signing it in her like in like almost Chinese writing, I'm like, mom, this defeats the whole point of like that personal touch, you know, (laughs) no offense, you look like, anyway, so then we had to like open everything back up, repackage it. Anyway, I just like, that was the first setup. So you kind of definitely- And you just evolved from there. So then you got an office in Sydney and you were like, okay, this is actually becoming, you had a shop front originally. Yeah, the shop front. Um, But even the first office, like like, it it always out- grew my expectations because the first office we got a two-year lease ran out of space after the first year and then that was so painful because that was thirty thousand dollars of rent that i had to forego it took forever to find a sub like we barely subleased it we like took us by the time we subleased it was like a few months anyway and so to at that point thirty thousand dollars that was more than my first year salary as an accountant so i was like oh Wow, and then so I made sure next the next year for the warehouse we only signed up for a one year contract, which is good because we actually evolved from that. So it kind of always outgrew what I had expected, which is a good problem to have. Yeah, but um, yeah. <laughs> so you used to be called Show Pony. Yeah. How did you transition to Show Po? So we initially, so Show Pony was just like a random like when we started the business, we're like whatever, just think of whatever's cute, whatever works. Didn't think again that it was going to grow to where it was and the only and so as it grew from social media you can't really that's how we just started growing internationally because you kind of can't cut any of it off not that you would want to but then you start we started selling so much um internationally especially to america and europe and then there's already because show pony is such a common turn of phrase there's already show pony stores all around the world um with ones in america so It's a bit of a trademark problem. Yeah. You're like, oh God, like, what are we good at? We're not good at law. We're not good at legal. We're good at marketing. So we're better off spending our time focusing on rebranding rather than years, like constantly watching over our back in case something happens or, um, you know, spending our time dealing with a legal battle. So we just thought, let's just rebrand and spent three months looking at all these different options, came up with this full wall of different names. Um, and then even, God, we some of them were so stupid. We had the the best one. I was with my, um, I remember my operations manager at the time thought that her, her favourite was Dizzy Thrills. I just thought that was Dizzy? Dizzy Dizzy Thrills? Thrills? Like, I was like, what is that? <laughs> mine was, she, I, mine was Hey Pretty, which 
honestly doesn't that, it's I not like that it's that a bit work. cheesy but if you think about some of the other names like it's not I don't think it's as bad as Disney no, Thrill. No, I don't mind Anyway, we were like debating it and then I think all of a sudden we're like, what about just like dropping the NY? And, why? and we're like, look, I don't know how SEO works, but surely it can't be bad to keep most of the letters yeah. there. And then um, I remember when we were trying to negotiate for the in, the domain because we want a unique domain because we were showponyfashion.com. Like that's a mouthful. And then we tried it. We're like, okay, we found showpro.com was used by this Chinese company. So then I'm like, okay, I'm going to write to them in Chinese. And then that way, southern the new email address, wrote to them in Chinese. Cause I'm like, that way we can negotiate a cheaper fee. They didn't reply. And then when we got desperate, we're like, you know what? Like, we ended up actually just writing to them in English from showponyfashion.com. Cause then they took it seriously. Yeah. Right. It's, you know? And then, so we ended up buying it for $7,000, which again, at the time I was like, Oh my God, so much money. But now I'm like, $7,000 for your own domain. Amazing. It's pretty sweet. Very sweet. And so learn a lesson about not skimping too much and just focusing more on the final outcome. Having more of a um, think big approach to the problem. How do you go about managing such a large team? I mean, you run this company with your husband now, but you, yeah. you are the sole owner of, of the business yeah. and you always have been. How? I mean, it's a lot of responsibility. How the fuck it do is. you do it? And I made like a lot of mistakes along the way, which I guess is part of the point. Um, I think it's about finding really good people that you can um, trust with the business. But then also, I guess to one extent is there's people you can trust to do their best but then as the business grows it will also outgrow people and finding you need to know when that is and that's kind of hard especially when you've got people who believed in your business and but alongside well, you from relying an early stage. on people as well so heavily. yeah and if they just walk out I mean what do you do um I think it's I think you'd be you would be surprised how like strong your business is and I think you need to be able to like be across in everything in your business but mm. um, I think you should never be afraid of anyone leaving because or, or you should if you are you need to safety proof for that um, but the, a business shouldn't be contingent on any one person including yourself you know you need to pass that hit by a bus test yeah and easier said than done I know oh, it, but. absolutely and it's all about trial and error isn't it yeah you've got to make the mistakes to kind of learn and yeah. it's cliche as it sounds I know you're very open about you know the growth of your company and I've read somewhere and heard you speak that you've said you were hoping to track 100 million by 2020 mm-hmm. are you on track yes that? yes that's incredible <laughs> what's been your biggest day in business in revenue wise um oh definitely all the black fridays and the cyber weekends and cyber mondays has been the biggest um and then I think it's just any any sale day because I guess everyone is shopping. Yeah. Conversion rates are high. And then, you know, if you put down a good offer to the market, like we actually never go that crazy without discounts. And I think that's been really great at protecting margin. You do go crazy. We don't. Oh, you don't? Yeah. Okay. We've, we, don't, we don't really discount. Like 70% off, I feel like we've discounted off. more this year just because the market's been a bit slower. Everyone else has been discounting a lot. Yeah. Um, and so we did definitely discounted more this year, but we never go that high with the discount because I think like ultimately credits your brand and it, I think so. And it makes products. it harder. Like you've got, you know, for example, your boohoo's are misguided. They're constantly on 50% mm. discount. Yeah. But then like when it comes to cyber week, they have to go on like a 70, yeah, 80, which they have been, which is just like, Oh, and, how do you- and so ultimately like, we're not here. We don't have, because we don't have investors. We have that con- ability to not 
we're not we're not you know mm. we're not just come to market precious we're not trying to grow that top line revenue for the sake of it yeah. because ultimately like you need to you need to maintain margin to be profitable Absolutely. and you need to be profitable to keep going with the yeah. business and do you find that i mean there's so many not a, there's probably your five main fast fashion brands do you keep an eye on them a lot do you feel like you need to as ceo of such a large fast fashion company to see what they're doing what sort of sales they're doing what sort of fashion who's kind of setting the benchmark yeah so i 100 percent. i think i've like i've kind of made mistakes in both ways so right, i think right now we're we're in a we're in a comfortable we're in a good way of doing this you keep that we do keep an eye on what's happening with the market but not just but not just the you kind of don't even want to look at the other fast fashion companies like Shopo. like we need to think bigger and look at what other companies are doing um what people what brands outside of fashion are doing because that's where you can get something innovative and bring it into the fashion industry as well um so some of the mistakes i made before was back when we had an office um on the street where all the wholesalers are in the rag trade, the district of Sydney, um, we were seeing a lot of our, I guess, competitors all the time because they're in the where where we're in our suppliers, uh, our wholesalers, uh, showrooms, and there's our competitors. It kind of just makes them really front of mind, and so at that point, it kind of get, made me a bit obsessive. Like I subscribed to everyone's EDMs, I was following everyone on Instagram, and like stalking everyone's Facebooks, all of that. Um, and then it kind of like we were just yo-yoing between different strategies and tactics all the time and we kind of lost who we were. Um, it, so not only did our customers get confused about what ShowPro is, but so did our team. Um, and it was – and I was constantly you kind of shifting. lose your own identity because you're focusing on everyone else's. And constantly shifting like where the goal post was and it's, it's just like really uninspiring for everyone as well to be following kind of like – someone who they would they thought was a leader but didn't wasn't leading and just following Mm -hmm. um and so that was like the first year we actually didn't grow um that's interesting yeah and so so when when we kind of like refocus and really just like tight it wasn't just that it wasn't just refocusing the brand and the strategies but also like looking at tightening margins and not spending um again like spending for the sake of like feeling like you need to just really Focusing on profitability, which doesn't sound as sexy as like growing, but it's so important when you when you're, you're in a startup. Um, anyway, and then I think there was a period where we were because we were doing so well, we were we were growing like more than we doubled from the year before. We kind of like stuck in our ways, and we kind of became too fixated on like our, our way is the highway. We know what we're doing, and the market shifts shifted, and we didn't evolve and so we kind of were just kind of doing the exact same thing for too long so I think you need to find a right balance and I think you almost need to be have experienced both yeah to and, that, and that's why you need your business to be profitable because when you do one or the other you're going to lose margin you're going to have a, a few bad months and you need to be able to like overcome that so then you can you know move on yeah so what does production look like at Shopo HQ. I mean, it's like Google downstairs. You've got girls up here shooting new pieces. Yeah. How often are you launching new pieces? Is it a daily thing, a weekly thing? We've got like 100 to 150 new arrivals a week. So it's a lot. Um, Crazy. We design a lot of our own pieces. Um, and so like we have a big in-house, des- like a design and production team. Um, and then we've, you know, we've, yeah. And so 
these girls are pretty amazing. Um, we've got some really exciting, like we've been able to do things like offer extender sizes. So we, off, you know, we, when we first started, we were just retailing. So we were selling sizes six to 12 because that's all our suppliers were offering. Mm-hmm. And now we're able to sell in four to 20. Um, we've launched our bridal um, range How's this year. How's that going? Yeah, really good. Um, and we've got, so more coming as well. I don't give too much away. Um, as in more extensions or more yeah. um, oh, bridal? More bridal. Yeah. yeah. Have and you ever thought of doing like Chopo Man? Oh, definitely not. No? Because <laughs> I think what we're like, I mean, I mean, ultimately I think what I'm good at is like understanding our customer and marketing to women, like marketing to our customers. And that's by just understand um, like being one myself. Yeah. <laughs> and well, you so, know the demographic. You know what yeah. you want to wear. So and you, so you I just know. wouldn't know how to sell to a man. Fair enough, yeah. And I think in that respect, yeah, it's just not who we are. And why – I feel like a lot of brands as well, they try to cater to too many markets. Yeah, it's just a distraction. You become a, you know, a master of none, I guess. Exactly. It's just like the women's fashion business is big enough. Um, yeah, I think it's but fine. You, I yeah. think so many like lower hanging fruits. Yeah. So what's next for Shopo? I mean, you're a $100 million company. Can you just go and relax on a private island now and just not work for the rest of your life? Like, how does it, I mean, it, you're in a position that not a lot of people get to experience in life. And I do want to talk about how humble you really oh. are because, I mean, you you are. You, you don't, you're not, you, if you wanted to, you could be driving around in a, in a Rolls Royce and living on a. Have you seen my car on Instagram? I, I love your car, <laughs> your little Jeep. Yeah. And you love your, you've had that for so long. But yeah. like, if you wanted to, you could have a Ferrari or a Lambo or your Rolls Royce living in a mansion yeah. at Potts Point, but you choose not to. How and why are you so humble? Oh, thank you. Um, I'm just not big into things. And then also I think, you know, ultimately the business is like business is good, but it's like business is also volatile. So I don't really, I don't know. And also like, it's just not, I, I, I don't know. I would feel pretty, I, I just like, I don't know. I can't, I can't be bothered finding like a big, huge mansion and having to maintain. Cause then either I'm going to clean it or I'm going to have to <laughs> have help. Yeah. And I don't want a bigger house. You just want to be like everyone else. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's just not something I need. And also like, you know, I would love to have that when I'm older. So I need, you know, something to look forward to Absolutely. when I'm older. <laughs> Cause you are still very young. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you do with your money then? Like, is it a case of saving all your money? Do you put a lot of it back into the business? It's do you a like lot experience? Of it do you business. support family? Like you, you must do something with it. Yeah. A lot of it is back into the business. Um, you know, like growing a business as a, there's a lot, like we just, we started, um, we uh, started, what's the word? Launched our own warehouse. It's launched Open own. Yeah, yeah. Opened our own warehouse yeah. um, last which October. Which is fucking massive. Which is, there's a lot of CapEx involved in that. Like the, the warehouse itself is leased, but regardless, a lot of like capital expenditure, which we funded just through cash, yeah. which I never want to get into debt financing. So, you know, I've just spoken to a lot of great businesses that have actually gone out of business because the bank has foreclosed on them. So I never want to lose that control. So anyway, so, so investing in business, you know, growing, buying inventory, you know, you, you constantly need it? to have, yeah, like we're, we're aimed for like having eight weeks of cover, which means, you know, eight weeks of stock prepaid be, before you can, and but as you grow, that amount of stock is gross as well. Yeah. Um, 
So all of that is a lot of money. Um, but we're, we're quite lucky because cash flow is great for an online business because you get your money up front. You don't have to chase anyone up. So that's fantastic. Yeah, there's no invoices really. Yeah. Um, and then so I guess – and then so the rest of that, like I left I, – I'm really happy to be able to like support my parents as well. They've been able to retire. Like they moved to China and they moved – they moved to Australia from, from China. China for me. We moved when I was eight and they had, you know, such – a typical immigrant sob story but like we they had these really great jobs and we were in China um and then they moved to when we moved here they worked um in factories they worked as cleaners they worked for under minimum wage because they couldn't get anything else um and then worked multiple jobs all that kind of stuff just so I could have a better future and you know because they're like you know because I guess their English isn't great and they don't have the confidence here they never pushed and got a great salary so like you know, the, 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 what they were working for was like pittance, I would think. So I'm just so glad to be able to say like, you know what, like stop working, (laughs) retire early, you know? Have fun. Yeah. That's amazing. So what's been your biggest uh, career highlight to date? Um, oh God, there's honestly been been a moment where you're like, wow, I never expected this to happen or what's been, yeah, the career highlight. Um, I think just whenever we have like really great, parties honestly sounds (laughs) like I'll give you a few because I think looking at one just sounds a bit like two-dimensional like you just like oh she just wants to party but especially when I'm like when we're at our office parties and at our warehouse parties like when everyone is just so happy I think everyone's drunkenly telling me how much they love working at Chopra that also makes me so happy um but you know and I especially a bunch of the people at these warehouses I'm like they remind me of my mom and then you know I just think like I'm offering them these great working conditions. They actually love coming to work. Um, something that, you know, my parents never, you know, they, like I'm offering, like imagine if my parents got got to experience that, the impact that that would have on their family, you yeah. know, like that's so exciting. Um, and then also there's things like, I, you know, when people come up to me, in the street or you know, and not, or like at, at a conference an event or something. Yeah. And they say, you know, my, I really wanted to have the confidence to do my own thing and you've given me that. I love your story. I've actually shown it to my parents. Like that makes me really excited as well. Um, oh, and then sounds stupid, but um, I was on the cover of an accounting magazine, which I took my parents. I vlogged this, by the way. Um, I took my parents to a news agency, pulled out the magazine and my mom was like, oh, I'm so surprised. Um, <laughs> and then so she – and then I was just like, you know, if I stayed in my job in accounting, I would have never – because I'm also the worst accountant – I would have never been on the cover of an accounting magazine. But because I, like, quit accounting to do my own thing, like, now I am. So It's, it's rare, but they wanted to – Yeah, so that's such a it. career highlight. And then also last year we won online retailer um, – like, we were online retailer of the year – and then this year we got inducted to the Online Retailer Hall of Fame, which they do for anyone who wins way too many awards, you know? Because yeah. then you can't so enter for another three years. So then you had your years. Show Po Hall of Fame. You had an event here, didn't you? That the Show Po Retail, you did some sort of oh, event Oh, yeah, in-house. we have our own Aureus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because you couldn't enter that competition, yeah. so you just had your own in-house. That's our own fake Aureus. You guys party a lot at Show Po. Yeah. <laughs> Why, how does that – like, is that something you think it's great for um, – company culture is it just to get the team together you just love to get lit what yeah what is well it? I think all of the above I think it's just like it's 
it's great to party with the people that not party, but just like hang out outside of work with the people you work with. I think it's really great for you know bringing in, especially I think also as the company gets bigger, like bringing in people across different departments. I think it helps build empathy um, because as a lot of the times. I think people kind of like can work in silo, focus on their KPIs and their department, but it's like you need to be empathetic of like other departments and what their constraints are. Um, and I think that really helps build that relationship. Um, and it, it just kind of sells that whole like one team, one dream thing. Um, also, like I just, you know, there's not enough parties in the world. I just love, love it. it. <laughs> and I think it's just really important to celebrate the wins. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because honestly, like, I look at what I'm the challenges I'm facing now like you know you kind of think oh as soon as I get this over and done with I, I can chill what sort you of never can what sort of challenges oh, just, are you facing you know, just typically like you know we have to you know plan for like 20 like we're, we're so late it's like we need to finalize on 2020 strategy international strategy we're trying to re-platform our website which is like god I can't believe I built our first website by myself and I thought that would be as simple as that it's but did you ever think you'd ha- own it your company would become a hundred no I, I can yeah. yeah and now it's like this building this website I feel like it's like constructing a building like a building of I mean I could really imagine the platform that you would have to develop for Shopo it would be a very expensive very website. complex it's so expensive um anyway so that's it's, it's not just so like a Shopify store no it's like I, and tens it'll be, of thousands it'll be great afterwards because we'll be nimble we'll be quick we'll be able to do whatever we want but in the meantime it's just like oh and that's the thing see i'm already thinking I'm like once we build it it'll be so easy but then it there'll be never something is. else and so you want to be able to like and that's the thing it's like if you don't celebrate the wins along the way you're just always going to be fo- focusing on the next big problem so when i look back like and that's why i'm like so happy to have celebrated that and the thing is like you know people you know no one works in a company for life except yourself <laughs> but um you know, people do move on and they – so it's great to have had those, like, kind of like like, t- like time posts, yeah. landmarks, like yeah. have those moments just celebrated with those people for everything that they've achieved with you along the way. Amazing. Yeah. What's your biggest growth hack? Um, oh, God. I think just like trial and error, like test and repeat for everything. Um, and I think just doing that is – I think taking risks is probably the biggest because then if you test something, then you can, you know, if you, if you, if you're happy to lose what you're risking, but if it wins then you can just like, you've got a license to print money for that little while until other people catch on. Is social media your biggest marketing component? Like you obviously do most of your marketing budget through social media. I'm assuming. Yeah. But I think the way it's evolved now is it's not just the organic side of things. I mean, because it's not no longer the golden days no. of social media. It's a lot of it is still through paid um, social as well. Um, and then so just working the two of them together, that's probably like the biggest marketing lever of the company. Um, but of course, you know, I think you want to focus on building your brand so you're not actually just paying for every sale. So that's like part of the challenge as well. Is um, your daily ad spend like astronomical? It's, it's probably higher than I would like, but I feel like we're, we have this amazing new agency that we're working with. So it's like, it's going really well. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So what does a day in the life of Shopo CEO look like? What is, apart um, from people like me coming in? Yeah. Like, <laughs> disrupting time? my day. No, <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. It's 
good um so, so like, what time do you get up in the morning what do you do when you I'm get up not a morning person um so i get up at like 8 30 to 9 ish okay um, so you're not that typical CEO that's in the office at 5 a.m. No, no, <laughs> not at all. I rock up um, like 9.30-ish, um, must have my coffee. And honestly, it's just like back-to-back meetings. I don't really – and then I um, – because right now we we are, we don't have um, – like this, we haven't had a few role changes, so I've just been like doing a Everything. few different roles as yeah. well. Um, and so – I'm just like in back-to-back meetings and then after work is when I kind of actually get a chance to do catch up on emails and that just do my work which is fine because like what else am I going to do you know um so Waldy like Waldy who's my CFO who's also my husband now we just go home and like we like you know we have dinner and then we just both jump on emails for a while and it's like I don't know it's nice like we're kind of like in, in a similar momentum and then like I watch Netflix I like honestly, like I'll, I'll, I spent a full day on Sunday just watching Netflix and not working. That's, That's like how I recharge. That's amazing. So, do you feel like you have a life outside of Chopo? Yes. That's good. Yeah. Even though that means I actually am friends with a lot of people at work, but. Do you find that hard sometimes? Um, do they still respect you as a boss? They do respect me as a boss. I think the problem is. I think I'm not a really good manager. So, I feel like sometimes I don't, I definitely don't want to disadvantage people because. I, I, as long as I feel like I don't want to be disadvantaging them. Um, but, like, I haven't had – I don't know. I've, I'm not, like I'm, – I'm a better doer, like, an individual contributor than yeah. a manager, I would say. So, I – but, anyway, I've had to – Are you a fun boss? I don't know. I think so. I think so. Can but, you get, is there a scary side to Jane? Um, Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can be quite – like I, I, you know, I do have high standards, I think. And I think people, anyone coming here will know. Like they, well, you have to. Sort of you don't get park. to this stage of business without being. Yeah. I mean, it is biannuals time right now. We're going to biannuals. So what does that mean? Um, like when you do your, oh, sorry, biannual reviews. I think the thing is you never want to be in a meeting or a review meeting with me and anything is a surprise because yeah, right. we are having regular catch-ups. Um and I'm just like, I'm not, I'm, I'm getting better at it, but I'm not good at like delivering feedback and bad news. I'm getting better at it. I think the best thing you can do is just don't wing it and write it down. So that's probably, and then also be okay with awkward silences. Okay. I tell myself that. That's how like, I, I, that's why I just like say to myself before going to these meetings. <laughs> Awkward silence is okay. Yeah. So because the problem is, otherwise, then I start just like jabbering on, and then like like and like I get nervous, and then yeah. yeah, it's not great. So do you do the hiring and firing? Yeah, you do. Um, you, not all of it. Like you want to put it on the hiring manager. You want to put it on the manager. You want to empower them to do do it. But a lot of times it does come down to me, which I don't enjoy. I'm the worst hirer as well. So many people, I'm like, I've accidentally been like, oh, you've got the job, and then like. The, the HR manager's like, no, no, we need to do reference checks, Jane, next time. That's amazing. And then, yeah. I'd be the same. Um, and then I've like hugged people also. And then and even now like our buy manager's like, you hugged me in the interview. I, I was like, that's the first time I've been hugged in the interview. 
That's funny. But I guess that goes to show the type of person that you are and the culture you've created. <laughs> it's all fun and games, isn't yeah. it? So before we wrap it up, yeah, we've what got have you this got game. There? It's, I like it's, it. a, it's called I the pointless, pointless Cards. So I've got a stack of cards that have all different random mm-hmm. questions. You need to point, pick out five questions okay. one at a time and hopefully you feel comfortable answering okay. them. Show oh, me the question once you've picked okay, it. Okay, just one at a time? One at a time. When was the last time you cried and what was it about? Oh, oh my God. Um, when was the... Oh, I think I... Oh, I think I, I, think I drunk cried um, at Waldy because I was just... About... Oh, I think I was... Oh God, what was it? I don't even remember. I think it's just like really unreasonable thing. Yeah. Oh no, he's gonna kill me. <laughs> hey, it's alright to cry. I think cry I was just like you're always. Time. I think I was just like oh, you're always late. We're late because of you. I was like, you know how much I hate being late. You're dragging me down. <laughs> <laughs> Give me another wine. Yeah. All right. Question two. Uh, oh, sorry. That's okay. Oh, what car do you sorry, drive? Was, yeah. Here we go. I have a Jeep Wrangler, um, which you know I thought was. I've, that was been my dream car when the first thing I bought when, you know, sales were doing we, – we were in a better, good position at, with sales. I um, – oh, my God. It's the, This car is so gross. Like, the other day I got in and there was a grasshopper in there and a spider. Just because it's like you can't fully close, the cl- like, the flaps properly. Yeah. And the worst part is I can't even put it up and down myself. It's because it's not – anyway. Are you going to no upgrade your car? I might. I actually might. What do, you, what do you think you'll get? I just really want a convertible. But and part of why I have the Jeep is that I don't want to be like a wanker. But I almost like, I'm like, it's oh, time. I don't care. I just, I physically can't take the top down by myself. So I need an automatic convertible. You're funny. All so, right. Question three. I don't know why I'm like, I'll go and dig in and have like, I'm sorry, with the cars, I'm trying to like get a sneaky one. But it's like. They're all, you don't know all, what they exactly. are. Exactly. <laughs> what is the best gift you've ever received? Oh, uh, oh my god! I don't know. Oh god! Engagement ring, maybe. Oh, that's so annoying. He tried to palm this off as a Christmas present. Really? You know, yeah. You know, everyone gets engaged around Christmas. He tried to palm off the engagement ring as a Christmas present. So he didn't have to get you anything else. And then he got me a placeholder ring, um, so that I can choose my own ring. But it's like a like it was a glass cubic zirconium ring. Um, and then I was like, and I was like telling other people like his family. I'm like, yeah, it's just like such a fugly ring. I'm so glad. But like, I'm like, oh, it's so sweet. But it's such a fugly ring. And he, I realized he actually intended for me to. He was hoping that I would just get the same ring, but a real one. But I was like, no, it's really bad. It looks like it came out of a gumball machine. Oh, that's so funny. Okay, uh, what's the best gift you've ever given? Oh God. No, I'm going to go next because I can't think of anything. Really? Okay. Well, I don't know. I'm not a big gift person. I'm not a – you know how there's um the five love signs languages. of love? Love yep. languages. Gifts is not one of them for me. So I like don't acts like of service. I like you... compliments because I'm just really like – You're beautiful, Jane. Oh, thank you. See, now <laughs> you've thrown me so many compliments. I'm already feeling great. And I like acts of service. If you want to do any favours, I love that. Okay, well, that's good to know. If you were stuck on an island for one month and could only take one thing, what would you take? Um, my phone with unlimited battery packs. I just want to, I would just watch Netflix. Oh, that's smart. Somehow. Okay, lucky last. <laughs> Yay. Okay. What is my guilty pleasure? Sorry, I shouldn't be, anyway. Okay. Taking your what job. What is your guilty pleasure? Honestly, this is so lame. So what I do on Sundays is I watch 
Netflix. And right now I'm re-watching Jane the Virgin. It's just so good. It's the best. And it's so, oh, it's so dumb, but it's so good. And then I play Free Cell, which is one of those free Microsoft games you used to get on your computer oh my on my phone. Do you know what? I recently downloaded that. Uh, you know, remember Snake on the oh, Nokia? Oh, yeah. You can actually get the Snake app on an iPhone and it turns your iPhone screen into an, one of those old Nokias. Oh, my God. And you can play Snake, like, with all the numbers. That's so it's good. It's the best all thing All right, ever. there goes my weekend. you got to get it. Lucky last for good Yay. luck. Yay. Okay. From the top of the pack. Oh, we just did that one. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you take your phone to the toilet with you? Oh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I do, do it. The worst is I do it at work. Sometimes I'm like, oh no, it looks like you're just taking like a big shit. So <laughs> like, I don't take it. I like try not to like just take it. But I like I even take it as I walk to like I, at work. I take my phone as I walk to the toilet because it's boring. Like I like to be entertained. How bad is that? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for your time. I've had so much fun. Thank you for having you, me, and I can't wait to keep watching your journey as you grow. Oh, thanks. Bye.